Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And welcome into the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. The Rebels took care of Tulane, 37-20. But that halftime lead by Tulane had everybody kind of sitting on pins and needles. And at 17 to 10 at half, I jokingly looked at uh, one of the beat writers for Tulane and said, it feels like it should be worse than that. Tulane just outplayed Ole Miss in a lot of different ways. But the Rebels would outscore Tulane 30 to 3 in the second half. And I think more than anything is the second number I just read, three. That means Pete Golding and that defensive staff did a great job scheming Tulane in the second half and just eliminating the Greenway from doing anything offensively. The Rebels now 2-0 in the year take on Georgia Tech, and we're excited to have Chad Bishop, who covers the Golden Tech Yellow Jackets for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. That'll be coming up in the second half of the show. So grateful that you're a part of the Believe It Ole Miss podcast, and we're so thankful for our sponsorship with Bet Online. They've been with us since the very beginning. Now the college football's rocking and rolling. NFL, it's a perfect opportunity to join the Bet Online family. Be sure to use that promo code BELIEVE so you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, grateful for our sponsorship with Debbie Johnson. Debbie Johnson is our real estate agent here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. We're so grateful for her sponsorship as she's been with us uh, pretty much the whole way. And Debbie is our real estate agent. And she could be yours today. Just give her a call on her cell phone, 662-689-0090. Or call her office at 662-234-5555. Part of the Kessinger Real Estate family. If you've got that spot in Oxford that maybe you want a rental property, maybe you're looking to relocate to Oxford, Debbie will take care of you. Just give her a call today. Let her be your real estate agent. Also grateful for our sponsorship with The Rogue. The Rogue, of course, in Jackson has got Everything you'll need for game day. The polos, the shirts, the shoes. Goodbye, see Luke and the crew. It's right off of I-55. You can always shop online as well. The Rogue, there in Jackson. Also grateful for our sponsorship with the College Corner Store. Brand new store in Oxford, right off of Sisk Avenue. Off to the left when you go past Wendy's, the Oxford Commons Shopping Center. College Corner Store. Also, once again, shop online for those guys as well. Get that perfect game day polo at the College Corner Store. We're so grateful that you've been a part of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. We appreciate you being part of it. 
It's Ole Miss and Georgia Tech coming up on Saturday, 6.30 kickoff. The temperature is supposed to be perfect. Last I checked, it was going to be 72 degrees at kickoff, and you just can't beat it. Looking forward to uh, seeing Ole Miss against Georgia Tech. Oddly enough, these two teams have not played a whole lot. In fact, it's all-time uh, lead is the Rebels lead 3-2. to two. Three of the five series have been in bowl games. And uh, I don't know, and someone told me that, I forget who told me this, but maybe – had something to do with Bobby Dodd and Johnny Vaught. Something about they didn't like each other, so they didn't play very much. A lot of history with Georgia Tech and the SEC. And, of course, Georgia Tech, as you know, playing Ole Miss this year and also playing uh, Georgia at the end of the year. They've got a really tough schedule. But they'll be meeting in Oxford on Saturday. And, of course, everybody knows who's coming up next for Ole Miss. They get past Georgia Tech, in which they're a high, high favorite to win the game. I think it's 20-plus. It opened at 20-plus, maybe down to 19 and a half, depending on what book you look at. But Ole Miss is favored to win the game. If they do that, they'll get Alabama the following week in Tuscaloosa. The SEC appears to be pretty wide open. We know Georgia's really good. Everybody else just kind of meshed there together. But Ole Miss can take a big step forward by beating Georgia Tech on Saturday. We appreciate you being part of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. We'll have Chad Bishop coming up here in just a moment. It's Ole Miss and Georgia Tech, 6.30 from Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. We'll take a timeout. Come back right after this on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code Believe50, B L E A V 50, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. But online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or, quite frankly, anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003, looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property, or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family, Estate.com and Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Go to the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555. Or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson and a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. 
The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Hi, this is Brad Logan. The Grove Collective's mission is to support, elevate, and protect the well-being of all our student-athletes through a wide range of NIL opportunities and initiatives at Ole Miss. The Collective was established to deliver a best-in-class NIL experience that is worthy of the student-athletes who give their all for Ole Miss. This consolidated and sustainable model provides premium access and experiences between our members, corporate partners, and our athletes. To support all Ole Miss athletes and their NIL platforms, visit thegrovecollective.com. That's the grovecollective.com. Join our team, become a member today. If you're looking for the perfect game day outfit for the Grove, look no further than the Rogue in Jackson. Live in Oxford? No problem. Go to therogue.com and shop the collegiate section, and there you'll find Horn Legend Peter Millar, the best selection of Rebel game day clothing, celebrating 56 years of business and a sponsor of the Grove Collective. When you're in Jackson, Go by the Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in the capital city. An extensive collection of sports coats, suits, shirts from brands like Peter Millar, Tom Beckby, Brax, Jack Victor, Mark Digman, and others. And when you stop by the store in Jackson, and that's where you'll see the best selection of Rebel game day clothing. That's the Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson. Go by and tell them that you heard about it on the Believe It On Miss podcast. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Believe It on His Podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Excited to have Chad Bishop joining us here. And Chad does a great job covering Georgia Tech for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Be sure and follow him on Twitter. That's at Mr. Chad Bishop. And, Chad, this game, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, not a lot of history between the two in regards to, to records. But, boy, talk about an interesting game and an interesting series history. Georgia Tech, oddly enough, has never been. I think it was pretty surprising to everybody to look at the record book and say, oh, you know, they played five times, but Tech has never been to Vaught Hemingway Stadium. So I think that's sort of an interesting twist to this matchup. Yeah, the Rebels lead the uh, the series. Believe it or not, I mean, I, I was so surprised when I started digging in. Three to two. And uh, three of the five of those games were bowl games. So, And then with Georgia Tech never coming to Oxford, there's, there's, there's some stories out there about Bobby Dodd and, and uh, Coach uh, Johnny Vaught and some, some things they didn't really like each other. Obviously, a lot of water has 
passed under the bridge, and it's exciting to see these two teams play. Let's talk about the matchup a little bit, talk about Georgia Tech. You know, brand-new coach Brent Key versus Jeff Collins last year. I don't I don't think we'll see the type of team we saw last year, nor do I think we'll see the score. What are some changes that Brent Key has brought to this team, and, and what are you kind of expecting to see versus an SEC team? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I don't think, you know, on paper or X's and O's wise, you're going to see really that major of a change. You know, they're still running a 3-3-5 defense under Andrew Thacker. Uh, they do have a new offensive coordinator and Buster Faulkner, who runs a little bit more of a, a, they call it a multiple offense, but I like to call it more of a spread. Uh, there's a little bit of, of zone runs in there, some option keepers. Uh, you know, Brent Key is trying to create a, per, a culture around here. He, he talks about all the time of hard work, toughness, and discipline, which I know sounds a little bit cliche and a little bit of coach speak, uh, but he really wants his tech teams to play, you know, like the great te- tech teams of the 90s and 2000s. And you know, he was an offensive lineman here in the 90s, and they had some pretty good, pretty good units back in his day. So he's sort of trying to recreate uh, the tech of old and, and create a team that people watch and go, man, you know, that's a tough team to play. I wouldn't want to play them on Saturdays. Taking a look at this team, specifically the the game against Louisville where Georgia Tech played really well, what happened uh, in that game? Uh, I know Georgia Tech came out and played really well in the beginning, but Georgia Louisville kind of came back on there at the end. I honestly think that Tech sort of surprised themselves. You know, they scored 28 points in the second quarter, and they were were humming. They were humming right along, and I think they came out in the second half and thought, wow, you know, what what's happened here who is this who are we and they took the foot yeah. off the gas a little bit and allowed louisville uh, to come back and, and louisville is a little bit more of an experienced team even though they have a first year head coach their roster is probably a little bit in a better place than georgia texas right now um so so they kind of let their foot off the gas in the second half and allowed louisville to get back in it um and i think if they had that one to do all over again i think they'd play a little bit better and maybe even come out with a win but but that being said it was a really good stepping stone for the program even though it was an l on the score sheet putting up 34 points against a solid louisville team playing really well in that second quarter with 28 uh, points even defensively you know they gave up three passing touchdowns but uh, they really harassed Louisville in the passing game all night long so I, I think it was a, a pretty good building block for them and then I think they showed the second week against South Carolina State they're on the right track. Tech went to the portal and got a uh, Hayes King the talented quarterback out of Texas A&M and so far uh, Chad's look really good 40 out of uh, 61 for 603 yards already uh, it's got seven touchdowns the only uh, one interception what are your early thoughts on Hayes King? I, I've been pretty impressed by what I've seen so far. Yeah, he, he's been really good. My impressions is he, he kind of sounds like and looks like sort of a grizzled old veteran, even though he's still a young kid. I mean, he, it's not too long ago he was a high school quarterback ripping it up in the state of Texas. Went to Texas A&M for a few years, had a pretty good freshman season, but he had some injuries. We all know we've all chronicled the problems that Texas A&M has had with their injuries and Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher trying to get that thing off the ground. So. Uh, he was looking for a new start and, and came to Atlanta, and I think they really like his experience. They really like his savvy. He's got some toughness about him. Uh, he's got sort of that, you know, he's got that heavy Texas accent. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. Uh, he'll run the football if he has to. Uh, he's just he's just really grasped Buster Faulkner's offense and really played very well, uh, picking apart progressions, finding receivers. He's not just going to one guy. Uh, I think he really likes this this Georgia Tech offense, and he's really kind of a perfect fit for them right now. The days of the the option attack, 
uh, are, are, are all but gone. And, and when, so far we've seen three guys carry the football with the, uh, and then adding in Hayes King at quarterback. But Dante Smith, Trey Cooley, and Jamal Haynes, who are you expecting to take the lion's share of the carries? It's been Jamal Haynes and Trey Cooley, both those guys averaging 8.2 and then 7.6 yards uh, respectively there. Yeah, it's very interesting because uh, um, they started the season with Dante Smith as the number one running back. There's a lot of made. He was, you know, returning the top returning guy out of last year's uh, running backs. Uh, Hassan Hall was the leading rusher, but Dante Smith was the leading guy coming back, and he started the Louisville game as the number one. Uh, but Jamal Haynes was a former wide receiver, and it was only a few weeks ago they moved him from wide receiver to running back, uh, and he's just thriving in that role. He's kind of a smaller dude, uh, but he can run between the tackles. He can run. Uh, around the edge he can catch the ball out of the backfield really just kind of a swiss army knife so i'd expect him to start saturday against old miss now that being said trey cooley is is you know a starter in his own right coming from louisville uh he's a very very good good back caught a 55 yard touchdown pass against south carolina state got some speed as well and then you add in dante smith so it's really sort of a, a three-headed monster back there for tech which um, you know brent key said in the preseason it was going to be a running back by committee and that may, that may sound like it has a negative connotation, but I really think it's a positive for this Tech team to, if one guy has breaks a long run or maybe goes down with an injury or is a little bit tired, uh, they got some backups who are totally capable. You talked about Jamal Haynes, a former wide receiver. In that wide receiving room, we've seen some running backs uh, get, a lot of, get a lot of catches out of the backfield, specifically Haynes with six and then Trey Cooley with two. But it's been Malik Rutherford, Chase Lane, uh, Eric Singleton. Those are the three guys that we've seen uh, get, get a lion's share of the, uh, the catches. But it's also Christian Leary, uh, Dominic Blaylock. It, the ball has been dispersed a lot by Hayes King so far. And, and that's, that's a great sign for this Tech offense. They went to the transfer portal in the offseason and the year before to, to kind of stack up that wide receiver room because this offense is going to need a lot of wide receivers. That's sort of how – Buster Faulkner wants to run things. Now, Chase Lane will be out on Saturday. He he got banged up in the South Carolina State, and Brent Key announced that he won't play Saturday at Ole Miss. But you mentioned Christian Leary. He's an Alabama transfer. Dominic Blaylock played three really good seasons at Georgia. Malik Rutherford's a returner, uh, a smaller guy, but can make a lot of plays and is really the number one wide receiver. Uh, Eric Singleton is a true freshman and already has made a big impact in two games. So um, they're, they're going to sort of spread the ball around. There's not this one go-to Calvin Johnson type, right, at wide receiver. They, they got some options there, and I think, again, that's helping Haynes King as well because he doesn't have to rely on one guy to catch the ball. Interesting that Brett Seether, if I say that correctly, the tight end, tied on the team with two touchdowns. Is that is that a position to where Tech's going to throw it to? Of course, Luke Benson's got the one catch, but, uh, yeah, Seether with two touchdowns. Yeah, definitely, and and that's that's been a problem for Georgia Tech really since they went away from the option. The, the tight end has not been a position that has produced in, in the last couple of years. Uh, but they're pretty deep at that spot. And, and Brett Seether was actually a guy we didn't really talk about a ton in the preseason because we were looking at some other guys like Luke Benson uh, and Dylan Leonard to really produce at that spot. But Brent Seether, another Georgia transfer, has come in, caught a couple touchdown passes, and has played really well. And I think all those guys at that position are also blocking very well. So uh, it's become a position of strength and one we didn't really talk about in the preseason, but has looked pretty good so far. The, uh, the, uh, the scuttlebutt is that Tulane had a really good defensive front and then that the Georgia Tech defensive front may not be as good as Tulane. But but as I'm digging through the stats, the two leading tackers on the team, Kyle Kennedy along with Eddie Kelly, Kelly leading this team at 12 and 10 tackles respectively along with uh, Tredalius Tatum at linebacker. is Are those the three guys we could be looking for on defense to kind of shine for, for, uh, for Georgia Tech? 
Yeah, when it, when it comes to the front, you know, the, the problem right now is they really haven't got into the backfield. There hasn't been a lot of pressure. They have, uh, you know, uh, four tackles for loss and no sacks, and, and all four of those tackles for loss came against South Carolina State. Now, that being said, Louisville is a team that gets the ball out very quickly. They have a very yeah. quick passing game. South Carolina State used a lot of the option run to get their quarterback uh, into the run game. So there, there hasn't been a lot of, quote-unquote, sack opportunities. But that defensive front, needs to play a little bit better when it comes to penetrating and creating havoc. I know habit's a buzzword around coaches these days, creating havoc plays. So the defensive front, that has some depth, that has some talent. Uh, they've already lost, you know, one guy to a season-ending injury. But those guys got to figure out a way on Saturday to get in the backfield and disrupt, whether it's Quinshawn Judkins or, or Jackson Dart. they got to figure out a way to get back there and create some, some tackles for loss. And Ole Miss is going to go to the air, and, and, and Jalen King is one of those defensive backs that will be defending that along with Clayton Powell-Lee. Who are some others uh, names that Ole Miss fans might need to be looking for in that defensive backfield? Well, definitely at safety, the Miles Brooks. I mean, he's, he's kind of an all-conference performer, has hopes to go to the NFL. You know, they brought program brought him out to ACC Media Days over the summer. He, he's a really kind of the quarterback of that defense back there. Uh, Kenyatta, Kenyatta Watson's another guy who can make some plays. K.J. Wallace. We, we thought coming into the season, the secondary would be one of, if not the strength of the Tech defense. So far, it has been. I mean, I mentioned that Louisville game where they struggled a little bit against the pass, but, but most people do against that Louisville-Jeff Brom offense. Uh, but they held their own, and I think they're going to get stronger as the season goes on because, again, uh, they have a lot of depth. They can kind of go too deep at corner and safety. Um, they're, they're pretty veteran heavy. There's not a lot of young guys back there. Um, so this is their time to shine Saturday. I know Ole Miss is thrown the ball very, very well so far. And, and this will be Tech's really biggest challenge, even bigger than Louisville in my book. So uh, it's their time Saturday to sort of step up and show what they're made of. Started the season off with uh, two kickers and Gavin Stewart and then Aiden Burr. Burr now two for two on field goals. Stewart over three. Do you think we might see Burr as the main field goal kicker this uh, on Saturday? I do. I do. Gavin Stewart missed three in a row. Um, you know, a couple of those were longer kicks, but one was a chip shot. Uh, and it just, you know how kickers are. Sometimes it gets mental and uh, they can't seem to put the ball through the upright. So I think Aiden Burrow will probably be out there to kick those few goals. Now, I will say Gavin Stewart has continued to, to run kickoffs and he's done a great job of putting the ball through the end zone. So he'll still be on kickoffs, but I think they will go to the freshman and Aiden Burrow to kick some field goals. And uh, he was pretty good against South Carolina State. Be a different story, you know, in the Grove trying to kick field goals. So we'll see if the young kid can handle that atmosphere. Big picture here. You look at. Uh... You know, depending on what happens on Saturday, some winnable games upcoming. Obviously, Wake Forest took care of Vanderbilt, but uh, an opportunity to go to Wake. Then you get Bowling Green at home. Then you're at Miami. And then Boston College, another winnable game. Where is this team, where is this fan base on where they think they need to finish, uh, not only in the conference, but an opportunity to play in a bowl game? Yeah, I think there's some cautious optimism, you know, from the fans. There wasn't a great crowd against when they played South Carolina State. Some of that was due to a two-and-a-half-hour weather delay right. and, and playing, playing an FCS team at home. Uh, but, you know, the team went 5-7 and seven last year, and they won four games out of Brent, under Brent Key as an interim coach. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if it's enough just for this team to go to a bowl game. I think these fans sort of expect and crave a winning record. Uh, they expect to beat Bowling Green. Uh, they expect to beat Boston College in Virginia. And they got to get some of these, you know, games against, you know, the the Miamis of the world, uh, the Wakes of the world. The Louisville game is one that they probably think they should have had and they need to have for this program 
to take a step in the right directions, these, you know, quote unquote, toss up 50, 50 games. If they can start winning those, uh, that's the stepping stone to get to six, seven, eight wins. So I don't, it's not, I've, I've said a lot this season. This is not a complete rebuild. This is not a new coach starting from ground zero or below. Uh, they had a lot of guys coming back. Brent Key coached eight games last year on an interim basis. They already had sort of a semi foundation in place. So for that reason, you know, the fans are expecting a little bit more than simply, you know, a five-win, six-win season. I think they expect to sort of finish in that top half of that conference. I think one of the absolute toughest schedules in the country. Uh, Non-conference games against Ole Miss, number 17, uh, as we record, and Georgia, number one in the country. And I want to ask you about that Georgia game. Is this a legislative uh, decision? Because I can't imagine that, you know, Georgia Tech and its administration, or maybe I'm missing something here, would want to continue that series with Georgia, you know, as good as they are. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting because that rivalry is, is one of the more, you know, deep-seated rivalries right. in all of college football. And, um, I mean, that is a good point. But at the same time, you know, that, that series has ebbed and flowed. I mean, you know, Georgia Tech, as good as they are now, when I was growing up in this state, they were not a good team in the 90s. And then Georgia Tech had a, a lengthy winning streak at one time in this series. So, yeah, in the present state of things, I'm sure Georgia Tech would say, hey, we got to play Clemson every year in conference. And now we got to play Georgia every year in non-conference. But at the same time, I mean, I, I think Brent Key's sort of mission here is to reverse the trend, reverse the fortunes, and sort of change the narrative. Easier said than done against you know the one of if not the best programs in college football right now. But I, I don't know. I just I don't think this will be a Texas Texas A and M situation. I think there's there's a mutual respect between the programs, the coaches, the schools. Uh, I, I see that that series and that rivalry lasting. And one final thing before we let you go, thank you so much for joining us today. Looking at Georgia Tech, and and, and I'm a big Brent Key fan, I, I, I'll, I'll be admit, I'll admit. And when he took over for Jeff Collins, I remember uh, watching a video of how he addressed the team, and I thought to myself, he's going to win. What are the overall sentiments of the fan base that you're hearing about head coach Brent Key? Yeah, he he is definitely loved and respected. I think internally in the locker room and, and outside by fans. I mean, he's yeah, he's down to business, but he's also incredibly passionate about this place. Any former player is going to be, uh, but but it's it's he didn't just get the job because he's an alum. I mean, he was a coach in waiting at Central Florida under George O'Leary. He coached under Nick Saban in Alabama. He was going to be a head coach, whether it was at Georgia Tech or somewhere else. But so I think that that's part of the excitement around here is this guy you know, has paid his dues and really proven himself that he can get the job done as a head coach. So I think there's some major excitement. He's got the support of the fan base. Granted, it's early in his tenure. You know, we'll see what happens in the future. But right now, there's there's definitely some excitement and some trust that this guy is the guy for the job. He's he's not getting paid a huge salary. He's sort of, you know, he's gotten this job because in part of what happened in 2022 on an interim basis. Uh, but again, I, I, you know, there's, I haven't heard too many negative reviews or, you know, people stumping that he only got the job for this or that. Uh, there, there's a lot of trust in Brent Key that he's the right guy for the job to turn this thing around. He's got a great pedigree, and I think he's going to do big things at Georgia Tech. He's Chad Bishop. You can follow him on Twitter. He's all things Georgia Tech. Of course, he works for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution covering Georgia Tech, the Yellow Jackets, at Mr. Chad Bishop on Twitter. Yeah, I'm not calling it eggs. It's Twitter. It always will be, Chad. It will always be Twitter. Always. Thanks for joining us, Chad. Look forward to seeing you uh, at Vaught Hemingway on Saturday. All right. I'll be there. See you soon. And thanks to Chad Bishop, who covers the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We appreciate him being part 
of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast right here on the Believe Network. It's going to be a big one at Vaughn-Hemingway. The temperatures are going to be great. It's going to be a great environment, a great opportunity to tailgate in the Grove, see some family and friends, and have a big time in Oxford. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. We also encourage you to listen to the Red and Blue Crew post-game podcast. It'll be coming up right after the game. We always appreciate you telling a friend. You can download this podcast and all of our other podcasts of the Logan Media Network on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Audible, which is part of the Amazon audio family. Thanks very much for listening. We look forward to talking with you next week as the Rebels should be 3-0 and and get it ready for Alabama. Thanks again for joining us right here on the Believe in a Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. C-O-T-E, and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.